So, uh, do you guys ever, when you're giving yourself a little hand time, you just really getting into it, <laughs> and you're not, you get like a massive headache afterwards? Yeah, okay, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was Warrant with Down Boys. I want to go where the Down Boys go. The Down Boys go to their own countries. Today we are talking about people who have declared <laughs> their land sovereign. So oh. tenuous. My name is Morgan, president of this podcast, and I am joined by Vice President Lachlan. <laughs> G'day. And Junior Vice President Brad. Hello. How are we today, subordinates? <laughs> you are such a piece of shit. I don't like that you're the one who starts this podcast because you can just throw any misinformation out there that you like. First it was... First it was, oh, the conspiracies in season one weren't real, and now it's Lachlan's the vice president. Junior vice president. <laughs> vice vice president. Hmm. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, this is this is going to be a fun episode. We're going to be talking about micronations, about people who have decided to uh, declare their own land sovereign, and uh, we're going to talk about a few famous cases of this, but before we get into it, Lachlan, do you want to uh, crack open a cold one with the boys? It's time to crack open a cold one with the boys. Oh, baby. Speaking of cold, it is fucking freezing tonight. I am freezing my dick off. Our gas ran out, so we don't have a heater at the moment. You're living in like the fucking 1800s. Fucking cold. You don't have a, a gas line, you have to fucking get it brought in. <laughs> I have a jump from. Um, so, Come as here. a result, I thought I would try and warm myself up with a John Boston summer ale. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, it is obviously an ale. It is from somewhere in Australia. Uh, Boston. Not Boston. It's John Boston. That's his name. Uh, and it is it has a city named after it. Yeah. Approximately one point one standard drinks. This says it's dry hopped and unfiltered. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. give it a go. Not filtered. Does that mean it's chunky or oh, good crack? Could be. Yeah. We'll get a little glug there. Like enjoying it. Nah. Not <laughs> <laughs> good. Uh, not a fan of that one myself either. Um, okay, so uh, today we're talking about micronations, and a micronation is a small declared country that is not widely recognized as being a legitimate sovereign state. Micronations should not be confused with microstates, which are also small declared countries, but they are recognized as sovereign. For example, Monaco and San Marino. So what does Ooh. it take for a new country to officially come into being? Well, there's no real definition of the term country, so there's no real criteria for what it means to be a country. There are a few theories of what makes a state. One is a constitutive theory, which means that a state exists if it is formally recognized by another well-established state. And there's the declarative declarative theory of statehood, which was codified in the 1933 Montevideo Convention, and it requires four things for a nation to exist. Mm-hmm. Number one, a permanent population. Number two, a defined territory. Number three, a government. And number four, the capacity to enter into relations with other nations. Regardless of the definition used, one thing is clear. A new nation can't get any props until a big, legitimate country recognizes it 
as sovereign. <laughs> we'll mostly be talking about micronations, which are often uh, more of an act of rebellion, and as such, don't really uh, want validation from other recognized countries, but uh, they mostly just want to be left the fuck alone. So, do you guys agree with my definition of uh, a micronation there? Yeah, very thorough. Um, I came Technically across Technically correct. <laughs> I came across the Montevideo, um, what was it, like an accord or something, um, when I was researching. And I feel like it's pretty pretty fair, the four four points that are required. So Yeah, I think, well, if if it was used, it would be really good. Mm-hmm. But apparently people just, they're like, yeah, that sounds like a good definition. Doesn't matter if you fill those four. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. You know, yeah. It's still good. <laughs> I think there's a lot more politics to it than the... It's hundred percent yeah. politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that that was um, that was Article One where they laid out the four conditions, and then um, in Article Three, apparently, it states specifically: if you satisfy these four things, it doesn't matter if other people recognize you as a state or not. Mm. You are a state. You are a sovereign country, so you don't even have to be recognized. And that's what a lot of people who have microstates um, use yep. in their uh, argument there. They're like, well, it doesn't matter if the US doesn't recognize this or Australia doesn't recognize this. That's not part of the Montevideo Convention. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, there are also some countries that are clearly sovereign nations, but are still not recognized by certain other states. So, do you guys know about these type of countries? I, I think I can think of one that is quite prominent. Yeah. What is it, bro? I was thinking Taiwan. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Taiwan and yep. uh, China. In China, yeah. Uh-huh. Bit of dispute going over there. Yeah, fair bit. And that's, that's kind of warmed up in uh, recent times as well. I think the Chinese government decided that if you were flying to somewhere in Taiwan, like Taipei, for example, it would, instead of saying tai- Taiwan, Taipei, it would now say Taiwan, China. Sorry, Taipei, China. <laughs> so, no matter where you are in the world, yeah, it says you're flying to China and you're like, wait a minute, I'm not going to China. I'm going to... You know. <laughs> Is there another Taipei? I like how Russia doesn't recognize um, Ukraine. I think it like, says their territory. <laughs> we stole this in the past. That's right. It's ours. It's ours again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Russia, Russia is moving into uh, South Ossetia in Georgia and moving into part of uh, Ukraine as well, trying to get the old uh, gang back together. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, there's, there's also another one, which is the state of Israel, which is not recognized by 31 Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Of course, yep. So, I hate to break it to those uh, Arab nations, but you didn't destroy Israel um, with a multinational full offensive war, so you're probably not going to destroy them with a passive-aggressive refusal to acknowledge their existence. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You you also have South Korea and North Korea, which don't recognize each other. Really? I didn't know that, actually. No, well, both nations claim- How can they be at war with each other if they don't recognize each other <laughs> well they think it's like a civil war they they well oh, it is okay war. okay um but um they both lay claim to the entire peninsula and the official name of south korea is the republic of korea and the official name of north korea is the democratic people's republic of korea which validates my theory that any real democracies don't feel the need to put that word <laughs> in their official state title <laughs> i was literally just about to say that <laughs> <laughs> the real king doesn't need to say I'm the king. Yeah, there yeah. we go. But no, they they um like they don't call each other. They don't call the country South Korea or North Korea. They call each other. They they call themselves Korea. Yeah, mm. and they're like, no, the other ones, you know, 
It's it's ours, but it's currently being occupied. When in the reality, you've got throne. Korea and best Korea. <laughs> <laughs> the least democratic place I'll leave Earth. that to our listeners to figure out which one's which. <laughs> I've been to both. <laughs> I can make an accurate assessment. <laughs> um, but, you know, I only stepped foot inside one of them. South Korea. <laughs> no, uh, so that's, you know, that's, that's a bit of the, the politics and stuff. But we're not going to be talking about the nations of Israel and South Korea and North Korea. Obviously, we accept them as legitimate states. Uh, we're going to be talking about micro nations. So, um, yeah, do we want to uh, do we want to get into it? Yeah, let's. let's I'm, I'm dying for this. Let's get into it. Um, okay, so Lachlan, do you want to go first with your uh, micro nation? I wish it was my micro nation. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk about the territory of a bunch of fucking badasses, uh, the Principality of Sealand. Oh yeah, I've heard about this. So Sealand is a micro nation located roughly 12 kilometres off the coast of Suffolk, England, in the North Sea. That's pulled directly from Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> so, Sealand's territory is Ruff's Tower, which is an abandoned British anti-aircraft gun platform from World War II, formerly known as HM Fort Ruff's. Fort Ruff's. Yeah. <laughs> Ruff's by name, Ruff's by reputation. That's right. That's right. So... We'll put a picture in the description, or maybe even the thumbnail for this episode. But just imagine two big, round, circular tubes jutting up from the ocean with just a flat platform, and there's like a tiny little shed in the middle. That's yeah, sea land. That's sea land. Yeah, that's right. So on December twenty fourth, nineteen sixty six, Major Roy Bates, a World War Two veteran, ejected a group of pirate radio broadcasters from Ruff's Tower intending to use the platform to broadcast his own pirate radio station, <laughs> Radio Essex. Uh, just after, after just over nine months of occupying Ruff's Tower and never actually broadcasting anything, on September the 2nd, 1967, Bates declared independence from Britain and fashioned himself <laughs> Prince Roy Bates of Sealand. Yes. Very nice. Um, in 1968... A British Navy vessel entered the territorial waters of Sealand, or what Bates claims is the territorial waters of Sealand. <laughs> Viewing this as an invasion, and rightly so, uh, Michael, the 16-year-old son of Prince Roy, fired several warning shots toward the vessel. <laughs> Michael was summoned to court in England over the incident. However... The court ruled that as Sealand was outside the six-kilometre limit of Britain's waters, they had no authority to lay charges. And that is the first example of a, another country recognising Sealand as uh, outside their jurisdiction. And the second incident of that ilk is in 1978, when Prince Roy and Princess Joan flew to Austria to meet with a group of diamond merchants who claimed they had a business proposition for Sealand. So, Sealand over the years has been offered a lot of uh, shady propositions because it's, or well, at the time it was in international waters, so no country had jurisdiction over it. Um, mm -hmm. Britain has since extended the boundary of their waters um, to now include Sealand, so they claim have, it's have theirs, They've invaded Sealand, is that what, what I'm hearing? Um, we tried to annex it. Yeah, they've, they've annexed it, essentially. Um Anyway, so the meeting time came and went with no sign of the diamond merchants. Upon unsuccessfully trying to contact Michael, it became apparent to Roy and Joan that the meeting was merely a ruse 
a ploy to draw them away from sea land. While the prince and princess were in Austria, a helicopter full of Dutch and German mercenaries, led by Sealandic Prime Minister Alexander Achenbach, <laughs> a German lawyer, landed on Sealand and took it by force. They locked Michael in a cell for three days without food or water before dumping him in Holland with no money or passport. Oh, get it correct. Law of the sea. That's right. <laughs> well, I mean, it was taken by force by the Bates family, so it got taken off them by force. Uh. Uh, but after getting Michael back, Prince Roy assembled Sealand's military, including a stunt <laughs> helicopter pilot, and headed to Sealand to retake their country. When they arrived at the platform, Michael slid down from the helicopter on a rope with a shotgun in hand. The occupying force <laughs> surrendered after Michael fired a single shot. They, uh, the mercenaries were gone by this point, so it's not like, <laughs> not like it's a whole bunch shape. of mercenaries, mercenaries surrendered to a 26-year-old with a shotgun. <laughs> uh, so they, they held two of the invaders as prisoners of war. One of them was Arkenbach, the now ex-Prime Minister of Sealand. <laughs> Um, until a German diplomat came to Sealand to negotiate their release. Uh, so that was the second time where a legitimate country recognised mm -hmm. Sealand's own legitimacy. Because Are you calling Germany legitimate? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this was post-World War II. I guess the rest of the world kind of let them keep being a country. <laughs> So those those are the two big major things that um, Sealand point to to say we've been recognised by the rest of the world because mm -hmm. uh, yeah, well, England, I mean, yeah, England first of all recognised that they had no jurisdiction over them, yeah. and Germany had to send they the sent diplomat, the yeah. um, the German ambassador from the embassy in England to Sealand to negotiate. So that's that's from the Montevideo Convention. That's um, having relations with other states, basically. Yeah. Because they didn't send the German diplomat to England to negotiate, they sent him to Sealand. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's recognition. Yeah. Sealand is its own state. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, so the Pirate Bay actually made a bid to buy Sealand in 2007. But I remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, terms could never be agreed upon. Um, and Sealand is actually, to this day, still for sale. It can be yours for the measly sum of 500 million Sealand dollars. Uh, <laughs> How much the value, is that? The value of Sealand dollars is tied to the US dollar. So it's 500 oh. million US dollars. Oh. Um, in 2012, Prince Roy passed away. F in the chat. Oh. Uh, aged 91. And oh. Michael, the badass who single-handedly retook Sealand, <laughs> inherited the title Prince of Sealand. Um, so, Sealand has its own currency, like I said, the Sealand dollar. Uh, they've got their own stamps, their own flag, their own crest, their own motto, which is E Mari Libertas, excuse my Latin, um, or From the Sea, Freedom, which is fucking <laughs> badass. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, and their own national anthem. It's a fucking piece of shit. It doesn't have any lyrics or anything. Um, <laughs> That's so 80s, it hurts. Yeah, I know. They also have their own passports, uh, though in 1997, they revoked all that had been issued due to them being used by an international drug ring. <laughs> uh, 
And the Bates family stopped using their own Sealandic passports after 9-11 due to, quote-unquote, security concerns. Um, And Sealand has an online store where you can purchase coins, stamps, and various titles of nobility ranging from Lord or Lady, which will cost you $45, all the way up to Duke or Duchess, which will cost you $735. Is this a lifetime title or is it for- Absolutely. Absolutely. Lifetime. It's not bad to become a a Duke or Duchess. God willing, one day I will be a Duke of Sealand. So I think Sealand Sealand is like the OG micronation, really. Yeah. That's what what a lot of other people have drawn inspiration from to form their own micronations. Yeah. And And they they have what a lot of other micronations don't, which is like a really cool, badass foundation story. That's right. It's not just like, ah, I was a teenager and I created my own country in my backyard. Uh Yeah, exactly. They they took it by force. They retook it by force. Like they've defended it. Yeah. Time and time again. Um, they pissed off the Germans. They pissed off the Germans. Classic country move. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't be part of Europe if you're yeah. not pissed a, off the Germans. A German exactly. dude tried to invade them. You know, it's all, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all the same. <laughs> they got blitzkrieged by Germans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I have a lot of respect for the Bates family um, just because, you know, they, they they've set out to have their own country, and they've put in the hard yards. They've done the hard work. They defend their territory at every turn. So, good for them. I think they deserve to be recognised by more countries. Even though England and Germany claim they don't recognise them, you know, their actions say differently. It's all political Mm -hmm. posturing. That's right. That's when you right, have a nation that powerful off your off your coast, I'd be scared as well. Yeah. Do you know about do you know about logistics here and stuff like that? Like presumably they can't do their own farming out there. So how do they get their uh, food and everything? It all it all comes from England. Um, every citizen of Sealand is a dual citizen of another country. Most of them of England. Um, and Prince Michael actually lives in England full time now. He doesn't live on Sealand anymore. Oh. Um, because apparently it was too hard to run his business from Sealand, which I guess is fair enough. Um, th- I think there's four or five permanent residents. What was um, his job? Like, why did he have to leave? Is he delivering pizzas or something? Like, He runs a bunch of businesses. Um, I couldn't find what he actually does. He just claims to be a businessman. <laughs> <laughs> but, He's in the business um, of toting shotguns. His, his um, son and daughter, uh, Prince... James and Princess Charlotte both live on Sealand full time. I assume with their spouses. Yeah, so nice. they're um, the ones ready to take up arms if necessary. <laughs> my my one and only criticism of Sealand is the the name Sealand. Yeah, it's a pretty. I shitty get the name. sea part, but I don't get the land part. Well, there is no land. It's it's um, artificial. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Not a bad name. I give I give them a pass. <laughs> they should have called it like Batesville or something. Like name it after yourself at least. Batesville. Yeah. <laughs> it's a jerk is paradise. No, not, not everything's about <laughs> masturbation, bro. I've got a bit of a headache right it. now. <laughs> <laughs> Still got that teenage voice as a humor, as we all do, and yeah. as many of our listeners do. Um, yeah, I, I think they probably, you know, spend a bit of time coming up with a better name. Um, <laughs> what, would, what would you have called it off the top of your head? Ah, yeah, not Sealand. <laughs> 
I'd call it, you know, Morgan Land or something. Ugh. No, not Land. Land's bad. Uh, Morgan Stan. Morgan Stan. <laughs> uh, then it would sound like I've made it with my friend named Stan. I don't know. I'd have to think about it more, <laughs> obviously. Well, he had, but, you he know, had nearly nine like months. It's not like he was under time pressure. Yeah, he had over nine months. The same land. It's not a time constraint, Brad. Mm-hmm. You can't just put a clock on me. Yeah. I think it conveys the message perfectly. And, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be questioning the prince's decision. That's right. Sea fort. Sea fort. Doesn't com- doesn't make it grand enough though. It's not like a country. All right. Well, I might uh, I might get along with uh, my micronation. Just before you like do, um, I just wanted to briefly mention Ladonia, which is a one kilometer square piece of Swedish coastline mm. declared independent in 1996 by artist Lars Vilks because the Swedish government wanted him to tear down his sculpture made of driftwood. Uh, <laughs> there was many court battles about it, and he kept losing, so he just said, fuck this, this piece of the beach is an independent country. You can't force <laughs> me to tear it down now. <laughs> and, yeah, how did that work out for him? Uh, it's still standing. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's over, a- over 20 years later, it is still standing, so I believe <laughs> there's still ongoing court battles. Uh, <laughs> But I am actually a citizen of Ladonia. I have the Ugh. paperwork to back it up. And I also have a title of nobility. I am a baron of Ladonia. Oh, my God. <laughs> Isn't, I, I think I saw this briefly when I was looking uh, up at my micronation. And uh-huh. there's no taxes in Ladonia, is there? Correct. What is the tax in Ladonia? There's no taxes. What do you mean? No, 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 there is. I saw this. He, he, he wants his payment in taxes. He wants your creativity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's not real, though. It's so wanky. He can have all my... He's an artist, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> You're a baron of that. <laughs> Just adding to my growing list of titles. I know. You've got, you, you must take like five minutes to introduce yourself now. Doctor of Cryptozoology. Uh, baron of Ladonia. My my full title. Oh, I can't wait for this. Go on. I had to I, I had to sit down for a couple of minutes and actually figure this out last night. <laughs> <laughs> I am the much honoured Baron Reverend Doctor Lachlan Glenn, Lord of Glencoe. <laughs> <laughs> that is my full legal name, as recognised by every nation on earth. Uh, please get that put on some form of identification. <laughs> Like a credit card or what? something. You know how you can like select doctor? Can you select Baron? I don't know if you can select Baron. I can select doctor or reverend though. Oh, there we go. I got the paperwork. One of my mates at uni was on Centrelink, which for our international listeners is like the you know welfare and social. He used to get bullshit. letters. He used to get letters addressed to him as Baron. He, he wrote, he like ticked the box for Baron, and they sent it to him. <laughs> I'm sure like, they were yeah, just like misaddressed, and they were meant to go to Donald Trump's son. <laughs> <laughs> Baron uh. Trump, the expert. <laughs> yeah, we get it. All right. Okay. Um, okay. So the micronation I am going to talk about because his son's is name not- is Baron. <laughs> Baron Trump. That's right. Uh, the micronation I will be talking about today is called Melosia, and it's not quite as badass as Lachlan's. It's a little more whimsical and silly. Not all micronations are about uh, saying "fuck you" to the government. Some are just about having. A little bit of fun. And uh, this guy named Kevin Bohr in 1999 founded Molossia in Nevada. Uh, and in 2006, they had a war with Mustachistan, <laughs> which 
which was uh, led by the Sultan Ali Ali Oxenfree. Oh my god. Ali Ali Oxenfree. That's fantastic. Uh, Velocia won the war and uh, they ordered Mustache Stan to pay reparations of one tube of cookie dough per month for six months. So that's six tubes of cookie dough for starting a war. Um, Seems fair. So, Kevin Bohr claims that uh, Molossia is at war with East Germany. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kevin Bohr was stationed in West Germany as part of the US military during the 80s, and he blames the East Germans for the intolerable milita- military drills that he had to perform, which stopped him from getting good sleep. <laughs> uh, so, uh, as an act of vengeance, he has declared war on East Germany. And though East Germany ceased to exist in 1990, there is a small island off the coast of Cuba that Fidel Castro once gifted to the East German government. And this island was not mentioned in formal documents when the Germanys reunited and has never been reclaimed by Cuba. Oh. So, Bao argues that East Germany does Indeed, still exists. <laughs> right, a tenuous legal loophole. That's that's like right where micronations live. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, in 2000, Mike, uh, Molossia hosted the first ever Micronation Olympics, slightly lower budget than the Sydney 2000 Olympics. <laughs> there were there were six events. There was uh, Reversi, whatever the fuck that is, chess, oh, it's a card checkers, game. the 100 meter dash, shot put, and... Frisbee. Uh, Molossian standard time is 39 minutes ahead of Pacific time, which is also which is also 21 minutes behind Central time. Uh, Dickhead. Uh, they have their own units of measurement uh, based off a guy uh, called Emperor Norton, who once declared himself Emperor of the United States. Um, and Kevin Boss still pays taxes to the US government, but he doesn't say it's taxes. He calls it Foreign aid, it just so happens. <laughs> and his foreign aid just so happens to be the exact amount that uh, the US government claims he owes in taxes. Um, it was originally a constitutional republic with a president, Kevin Barr, but uh, shortly after he declared martial law and that is still <laughs> active and now he acts as a dictator. <laughs> what um, what what size is uh, Molossia's territory, Morgs? Oh, it's very small. It's just his, like, it's just his house and his, like, <laughs> his little... It's like little farm. He's got like a few acres. Okay. How many? Okay, so how many? What's large. the population of Molossia? I couldn't. I couldn't get exact numbers on this because it's just him and his family. Like he's not letting any other people move in or anything okay. like that. Yeah. But on their website and a few different places, I saw population twenty-seven and population thirty-five. But in brackets, it said including animals. So <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of cheating <laughs> to get your numbers up. You know, it's like three he's people. Got- yeah, he's got 23 dogs and him and his yeah. family. <laughs> yeah, he's got some kids. But whenever he whenever he leaves the house, he's dressed in like a full military uniform with the hat on and like his um, medals and stuff like that. And he's got like his nation's crest and his flag and stuff like that. He's clearly taken the piss, but he's like, he's having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Uh, have, they, have, they, have they ever been involved in any um like diplomatic envoys or anything like that have they been recognized by the state well you know they had that war with mustache stan of course but um they no he he goes to like all these micronation conventions and stuff like that and mm. he he invites uh micronation leaders to come visit him and stuff like that so he has summits and stuff but um you know it's all just fuckery oh, honestly yeah <laughs> 
So, so he's not trying to actually annex himself. Yeah, he he's made his own videos on YouTube. Yeah. It's got like a, over a million views, so oh. he's, he's done done pretty well for that. But he's it's like got this silly music in the background, and he's making all these like really bad jokes about you know, how he's. Um, Wasi in standard time is 39 minutes ahead of Pacific and he's saying like we're really proud of our Navy and it's just like a blow up inflatable <laughs> raft <laughs> he's landlocked yeah yeah <laughs> he's just got like a little dam there and he's got like an inflatable raft with it and stuff like that yeah you're not gonna take and, that um, dam though are you really? yeah yeah and he's talking about how he's a benevolent dictator and his subordinates don't uh, you know don't object to him too much, and it's just his kids, mm. you know, <laughs> giving him guff. Um, yeah. So you know, he's 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 having a good time with it. I think I think it's harmless. Essentially, he's got a full website that you can go on. I'll uh, link to that in the description. And yeah, he's been going since 1999, Ooh, and uh, going strong. You know, clearly clearly having a lot of fun with it. And you know, micro nations don't all have to be about. Um, you know, resisting government tyranny and saying, you know, come get me from my cold dead hands, that sort of <laughs> stuff. It can also just be a little bit of fun, but let's hope the US government, which surrounds Malaysia, does not find any oil on Malaysian territory. <laughs> Otherwise, there'll be a full-scale <laughs> invasion any moment, I'm sure. Uh, I think, uh, I think micronations like Malaysia, and there's a shitload of micronations yes, like yeah. Malaysia. Yeah. Um, I think they really take away from the legitimacy of um, more serious micronations yeah. like Sealand, mm. <laughs> um, and r- probably really hurts the legitimate micronations' chances of being recognised by other countries. Mm. I think because if you recognise one, you sort of have to recognise all of them, um, and you're not really likely to recognise all of them when. A lot of them are just some dude claiming his yeah. house is sovereign yeah. territory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Locker's pissed off. He's like, hardcore yeah, Sealand fan. Me. It and upsets he's me. Like, Look, bro, if you're going to say that you're, you're in country, you got to be serious about it. You mm, that's be right. Pumping shotguns, shooting, firing into the air. <laughs> and- <laughs> that's right. Uh, uh, okay, Brad, do you want to uh, go through yours? Yes, I do. So today, I will be discussing the Hutt River Province. Or as it would become to be known as the Principality of Hutt River. Yeah, (laughs) this is some real shit. The humble origins of the small kingdom start some five decades ago. It's not a kingdom, Brad. He's referred to it as a kingdom, so... No, it's a principality. He's referred to it as his kingdom, so don't interrupt me, bitch. But the whole thing, it's a principality. I'm saying... Whose story is this, Lachlan? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The humble origins of the small kingdom start... Just saying to our listeners, don't take everything Brad says as fact. I'm just using the man's own own words. So, anyway, like all great nations, it was born off the back of overtaxation and in the face of government (laughs) tyranny. Yeah, (laughs) dog. In early 1970, Western Australia, a humble wheat farmer known as Leonard Castley decided to fight against the draconian Australian government, their ridiculous taxation laws, and most importantly, their wheat quotas. In an attempt to artificially inflate the cost of the wheat, the government had passed a mandate limiting how much wheat farmers could sell. For Leonard, this meant of his 10,000 acres, he was only able to sell less than 100 acres. Like all good men who refused to let evil go unchecked, Leonard, <laughs> Leonard rallied the local <laughs> farmers and petitioned the government to abandon their ridiculous quota as it would destroy their livelihoods. Unmoved, the government politely told them to fuck off. A man of principle, <laughs> Leonard refused to lay down and retorted with his own fuck off. 
suing the Australian government to the tune of $52 million, close to $610 million in 2019. Before wow. Leonard had their curiosity, now he had their attention. The cowardly government moved to resume his lands under the compulsory acquisition laws of Australia. For our American listeners, uh, this would be better known as eminent domain. Leonard, however, was undeterred. If a government wouldn't work for the people as it should, he'd start his own. On the 21st of April 1970, Leonard declared the Hutt River province had seceded from Australia and would no longer pay taxes and would sell their wheat in open defiance. Looking to legitimise his newly found oasis, Leonard begins correspondence with his former nation and receives an unintentional gift from the then Governor-General of Australia, a letter wherein he is referred to as the administrator of the Hutt River province. Armed with this, Leonard moves swiftly, coronating himself as His Majesty Prince Leonard I of Hutt. First of his name, Breaker of Chains. (laughs) (laughs) Unbeknownst to the slimy Australian government, Leonard is a cunning strategist. In coronating himself, he has now bound the government with its own legislation. The British Treason Act of 1495 protects all monarchs and all those working with a defective king (laughs) in support of his duties from the crime of treason. Defeated, the government had no choice but to retreat for now. (laughs) After two glorious years under Prince Leonard, without interference from the Australian government, he declared the Hutt River province fully autonomous. Five more prosperous years saw the humble principality flourish. But alas, no peace can be won without bloodshed. In 1977, the Australian government lapdogs, the ATO, or Australian Taxation Office, <laughs> reared their ugly heads and attempted to have, the, have Prince Leonard charged with failure to produce documents for tax purposes. Prince Leonard defied them, and while on a diplomatic envoy, was captured and ransomed back to his sons for the princely sum of $4. Um, yeah, it's true. What? <laughs> okay. Basically, he went into town to dispute it, and they jailed him, and they said that they had to pay $4 to get him out. Ever the cunning strategist, Prince Leonard moved to ensure that nothing like this would ever happen again, declaring war on Australia. After a brutal campaign, the war concluded some 72 hours later. (laughs) (laughs) What had Prince Leonard won with his campaign, I hear you ask? Crown jewels? Lands? No, something much more important. His autonomy was now recognised under international law. The Geneva Treaty Convention of the 12th of August 1949 states that a government should show full respect to a nation undefeated from a state of war. Leonard was undefeated. (laughs) The Australian government was defeated, however, and returned to the darkness from whence they slithered. What followed was decades of prosperity under the generous rule of Prince Leonard. Diplomatic envoys were sent to countries abroad with varying degrees of success, all while Leonard and his royal family farmed the land opened their borders to tourists, like-minded patriots, and not a cent of tax was ever paid on business conducted in the Principality of Hutt River. I wish I could say that they lived happily ever after, but unfortunately, in 2006, the ATO reared its ugly head again. Again, Prince Leonard stood in open defiance, and again they were beaten back. In early 2017, wearied by some 47 years of ruling, and at the age of 91, Prince Leonard decided to abdicate the throne to his youngest son, Prince Graham I. On the 11th of February 2017, His Majesty Prince Graham I took the throne and with it the hopes and dreams of all of us. Sadly, (laughs) on the 13th of February 2019, Prince Leonard passed away aged 93. F in the chat, chat, boys. The Principality of Heart River lives on and is currently involved in a dispute with the ATU. 
The slimy cunts are attempting <laughs> to come after the legacy and finances of the great Prince Leonard for $2.7 million. Oh, Jesus. Now, officially, the Australian government says that it has never and will never acknowledge the Principality of Hutt River. But I'll pose these two questions to you. If the government does not recognise the Principality and considers it a part of Australia, then why, still to this day, do they not have access to the same rights Australians have? They do not vote in the election. They do not receive mail. They have no access to Medicare or any type of government payment, i.e. pension or military pension, um, the dole, anything like that. Mm. Secondly, if the government does not recognise them, how come the Queen herself recognised them in a letter to Prince Leonard? I quote, I am to convey Her Majesty's good wishes to you and to all concerned for the most enjoyable and successful celebration on the 23rd and 24th of April to mark the 46th anniversary of the Principality of Hutt River. End quote. Boom. <laughs> Mic drop. Mic drop. Nice. So, yes, that's, that's the Principality of Hutt River. Um, yep, love that it. That was a bit theatrical. Love it. But, love everything uh, about it. A, it's a 75 uh, square kilometre farmland that uh, is just, is, I think it's like an hour, it's, couple of hours away from Perth, which is the, the capital city in Western Australia, near Geraldton. Do you watch pornography that would make Larry Flint blush? Do you visit websites that would get you fired from your job? From time to time we all post horrible hate-filled racist diatribes on anime image boards. It's not a big deal, obviously, but try explaining that to the oversensitive people in the HR department at your stupid job. At HideMyShame.com we understand your needs and we'll help provide ultra-secret browsing using our world-class VPNs. Our servers are located on an abandoned oil rig in international waters, so there's no need to worry about what the law says about your disgusting porn addiction or your edgy opinions. Your reputation is at stake. Go to HeyObamaStopWatchingMeJackOff.net and enter code BIABP to get 69% off our porn package. It, it, it seems like, as a government, you have to do something really fucking stupid to get someone so angry that they decide mm-hmm. to declare their own country and uh, yeah, they decide to secede about it. But what did you say? They had a bunch of farming land and they weren't allowed mm-hmm. to sell all their wheat. They yeah, were so only allowed to yeah. sell 10% of it, from what That's I read. Yeah, so he had 10,000 acres and uh, yeah, they were trying to artificially inflate the price of wheat. So they were telling them they were only he was only allowed to sell ninety nine point seven acres or something worth of um, wheat, and he was like, "This is bullshit." So he got all the other farmers around, and they're like, "Let's tell them it's bullshit." And the government was like, "Nah, fuck you, bro." It's the exact like, right. same situation that caused the great maple syrup heist mentioned in mm. Brad is a bad person episode six heists. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially, yeah. Except uh, yeah, it's the same thing. They were, none of that. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're trying to artificially inflate the price, so they. Yeah, stop the sale of all of it. They reduce the supply artificially, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's fucking bullshit, and I agree 100% with uh, uh, what they what they were angry about. If only the French Canadians weren't so cowardly, they could start their own mm. country and uh, tell the They pretty much Quebec have already. Let's, let's be honest. Quebec is pretty much its own country already. <laughs> yeah, I know. But usually when people are starting their own country, like Brad said, it's because they're like, fuck you, we want more freedom. But in Quebec, they're like- Separate us so we can have more tyranny, please. We want <laughs> fuck yeah. you. We want less freedom. We want less freedom. Let us be our <laughs> Stop own Stop giving us so many fucking rights. Yeah. I feel like the rest of Canada is trying to excise <laughs> Quebec 
Like you would get rid of a cancer. Yeah. Just cut it out. Cut it out. (laughs) Just cut it out. Kind of like how a lot of people want California to secede from uh, the United States. Oh, please. That would be so good. But yeah, you know, he he was an absolute hero. Leonard, Prince Leonard, rest rest in peace. You were an absolute hero. You stood up and you protected your family from just absolute lunacy. Like, how can someone who's built their way up to 10,000 acres all of a sudden overnight cut down to 100 acres. It just doesn't make any feasible sense. Yeah, yeah. You said it was 10,000 to 1,000, yeah. to 100. 100. 100. So, that's 1%. Yeah. He's allowed to use 1%, 1% of yeah. his land. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I would. When I read that, I was like, that's outrageous. It's not even like, oh, we're going to cut it in half. It's like, no, it's, it's 100 acres. And the man has built his way up to 10,000 acres of wheat. You know what other little like, country was started because of bullshit government overreach? Mm-hmm. The fucking United States of America. As I, may, I mentioned at the start, right. all great countries. That's right, exactly. All great countries. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No, I'm, I'm all about Hut River, and uh, right. I'm going yeah. to I'm gonna go there one day. I'm going to visit. We're all going to move there. Hut River does also produce its own passports. Yeah, I'm going to get my passport flags. stamped. Hut River. Mm. Uh, Add another my title to your ridiculous name. My auntie and uncle went there. Um, oh, really? Yeah, they said it was really strange. They said the people there are very eccentric. Uh, but that's oh, it's okay. It's all his family. That's okay. <laughs> it's it's literally all his family. I'm going to um, go and I'm going to pay my respects to them. I'm going to tell them mm. that I agree wholeheartedly with what they're doing and mm-hmm. support them 100%. Yes, and like uh, if anyone knows any lawyers who want to help them out, they're, they're always looking for any kind of help, legal help they can get. Yep, because they're um, constantly getting attacked by the ATO. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so- like, Two point seven million dollars is not a small amount of money. Like you said, last so. with um with the countries like Molossia, the ones that are just being a little silly and a little tongue in cheek, <laughs> yeah. they might be taking it away from other uh, countries like Sealand or um yeah. Hot the, River. Yeah, Hot River. But um do you think the appropriate ending to this saga is for Hot River to um join the rest of Australia and uh, some sort of deal where the Australian government admits that it was fucking ridiculous to tell someone they can only lose one percent of their <laughs> land, or do you think that you know, even though they're part of Australia and you know are surrounded by Australia, they should be their own country? I think, in my opinion, the happy ending to the story would be the Australian government officially, in writing, recognizes them as a sovereign state. Mm. That's what I. I would that's say what that's I want. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, done if. It for- if if they want to rejoin Australia and, you know, the government admits that they were wrong, if that's what they want, then okay, fair enough. It's their country. They can do whatever they like. But if it were me and I'd been claiming my own territory for so long, I would want recognition. Mm-hmm. I-, yeah, I mean, they've done it for 50 years. They Like mm. I said, they don't even get mail. They had to reroute their mail through Canada to get it delivered. Yeah, that's right. I, I once got mm. a uh, $360 fine. For um, going through a red light, point two seconds after it turned red, I'm I remember. Just I remember how upset you were about. Yeah, this. I'm just realizing yeah. now that I should have uh, declared <laughs> my house sovereign <laughs> and told them to go fuck themselves. Yeah, because then you would have had yourself. you would have had diplomatic immunity. <laughs> diplomatic so, immunity. I'm, so pissed off. I'm still not over it. Every time I think of it, it just boils my blood. So, um, yeah. Okay. I reckon Fair every time I spoke to you for a good six months after that happened, you brought it up and would 
tell me some new reason why it was fucking bullshit. Yeah, well, Lachlan, <laughs> I think you, Mr. You know, pissed off, you know, consistently forever about Game of Thrones can understand where I'm coming from. When something's yeah. just like, you know, just really, you know, pokes at you. It's just Well, you the difference the difference there is I didn't do anything wrong and Game of Thrones fucked me, whereas you did do something wrong and the police <laughs> fucked you. Alright, Lachlan, this is point two seconds. That's probably that's wrong. probably longer. That's probably longer than point two seconds. <laughs> well, you know when the light goes orange, you're supposed to slow down so you can stop. Oh. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you listening at home, Morgan just had the most indignant facial expression I've ever seen. (laughs) Okay, Uh, let's let's jump straight in to Morgan's movie review. Morgan, 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 Morgan's movie review. Okay, Captain Fantastic. 2016 is a movie about a family that lives in isolation in the woods. Two communists, Ben and Leslie Cash, sick of American society, took their six kids out of the big city and into the forest of the Pacific Northwest of America. Now, keen listeners of Brad is a Bad Person will know that this part of America is Bigfoot territory. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> alas, our hairy friend never makes an appearance. However, no. there is a scene where a very hairy... Vigo Mortensen hangs dong, and he is rocking more bush than a 70s porno. (laughs) Shortly into the movie, Leslie Cash becomes the only kind of good communist that is a dead communist when she commits suicide, (laughs) and the family is left in shambles. The six children, now motherless, are left to either grow up in the woods with their authoritarian father... Or join mainstream capitalist American society with their rich grandparents. Apparently, this is actually a difficult decision for them. But then again, they have never known the joys of a cheeseburger or Christmas and have never felt the love of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. (laughs) For that matter. (laughs) They live a physically harsh, harsh life in the forest, but they have a very sheltered existence regarding exposure to the rest of the world. The scene that perhaps best illustrates their sheltered life is also a terrifying scene. The oldest son snaps at his father for calling him a Trotskyite and informs him that he is now a Maoist. (laughs) (laughs) For those who aren't keen on their political history, Mao killed more people than anyone. End of sentence. He is history's (laughs) greatest monster. And uh, I guess when your dad is a commie and you've grown up in the forest, 70 million is just a number and you've never met any Chinese people anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This (laughs) This film really activated my almonds and it got my girlfriend and I talking uh, about different parenting styles, specifically the pros and cons of telling your children uncomfortable truths instead of sheltering them from the harsh realities of life. Though we disagreed with Ben Cash about raising your children to be mass-murdering communist maniacs, we do think there were some good things that he instilled in his children. <laughs> I also wanted to say this movie has a terrible title. Captain Fantastic sounds like a camp 60s superhero movie. I think the family's last name should have been Forrester, and the movie could have been called The Foresters. There's a double meaning because they live in the forest. <laughs> Before I give my rating, I'll explain my rating. This movie really made me think. Even though it was pushing politics that are not aligned with my own, I still really like the fact that these people were doing their own thing in the woods, being self-sufficient, 
questioning the accepted state of society, not trusting the government or any authority figures, and most importantly, not forcing their beliefs on others. Also, I think basically every Hollywood movie is pushing anti-Christian and pro-socialist sentiments, so at least this movie is open about it. I feel more comfortable with propaganda when it is super liminal. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you! Join the Navy! (laughs) I give Captain Fantastic an 8 out of 10. Oh, wow. Oh, really? Yeah. You guys seen it? Interesting. No, No, I I saw it on Netflix, um, and I I was interested in it, but I mean, if you're an 8 out of 10, I probably will watch it. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. You lost me to start off with, with the... With the commie talk. And I was like, I'm not watching this. Viggo Mortensen's dick, though. Yeah, I know. Viggo Mortensen. (laughs) I'd let him deep dick me. So. (laughs) Well, I was going to say some of that Aragorn Aradong. Yeah. (laughs) To be honest, though, I I don't think I'd have a choice if he wanted to. So. (laughs) I I was going to say, as as left wing as this movie was, uh, leftists will probably soon be calling these people far right because they were hunting deer in blackface, and uh, <laughs> because <laughs> when Viggo Mortensen was hanging dung, he said to some passersby, "It's just a penis. Every man has one." Can't say stuff like that. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't. Oh my god. Um, yeah, but no, Nazis. I, I, I did think it was. I did think it was very. Good movie. Really, really activated the old almonds. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So, next on the agenda is something near and dear to all of our hearts. Seceding from the nation and creating our very own Ancapistan. Yep. So, Lachlan, can you define Ancapistan for our wonderful listeners who may not be aware? So, Ancapistan is a wonderful, fantastic, beautiful <laughs> place where every man and woman is equal. They can do whatever they like as long as they're not hurting anyone. So, Anacapistan is uh, the utopia dreamed of by uh, anarcho-capitalists, which is an extreme form of libertarianism. Basically, they believe in anarchism, so no government at all, and completely free market capitalism to take the place of the government. Um, yeah, so as long as there's two willing parties in the That's in right. The that's right. It, is, it doesn't matter what it is. It is the perfect system. Don't at me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and Kapistan is the the nation that people dream of um, as the end result of anarcho capitalism, and it's where I want to live. <laughs> do you do you guys agree with the uh, ANCAP theory that if you disband all governments, society will naturally arrange itself as capitalist? Because the whole idea of anarchism is that you yes. just get rid of the government. And then whatever happens, happens. So there are anarcho-communists who believe that when anarchy Which comes- Which is a fucking- It's an oxymoron, anarcho-communism. Yeah, I know, we all agree. That's mm. the stupidest thing uh, imaginable. But um, they believe that when anarchy comes, society is going to arrange itself to be more fair and equal, like we're ants or something. But um, do you guys think that- what? <laughs> you know, you know that like fucking ants. No, you know that thing about communism. It's like good theory, wrong species, or something. It's like <laughs> ants. It, it works. It's not even a good theory. No, it, it like works for ants because they're willing to, you know, self-sacrifice. work until they die for one exactly. person. Yeah, yeah exactly, absolutely. exactly. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. exactly. Right. Um, but yeah, that's that's the theory of uh, Ancapistan is that the society will naturally arrange itself to be capitalist when there's no. Uh, government, but I, I'm just a bit suspicious of that because I think that when you disband all forms of government power, you know, you could have a bit of 
anarchism for a while sprinkled in there. But obviously someone's just going to fucking take control of it and start running things the way they want to. Like power is going to win out in that situation. I think people naturally uh, arrange themselves into a hierarchy um, because some people aren't interested in power and others are just a like a, a trait yeah, so yeah, definitely people will be drawn to charismatic people, people and you'll just the, have the a idea bunch is that small hierarchies people are going going to trade goods and services for other goods and services they're not just going to fucking give them away out of the goodness of their own heart and get nothing in return yeah, yeah so but who's that's who's that's going capitalism. to who's yeah I, know, I get the capitalism part but who's going to <laughs> enforce the uh the non-aggression principle here and who's going to actually well, you either, you either like enforce it yourself or you pay someone else to enforce it for you. Yeah, but don't you think that, you know, government would spontaneously arise out of that, that people would start um, taking power, taking too much power and just telling you to get fucked? Well, yeah, but you just fight back against it. You, you Good point. All the people who disagree with them fight get back against them. <laughs> get a giant arsenal. And what did the United States do when England started pushing them around? They fought back. Started, and they started their own yeah, tyrannical they, government. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah they <laughs> formed the government. The um, founding fathers were not tyrannical. It has become mm. tyrannical now because they've forgotten what they're all about. But the United States <laughs> yeah. was founded with the purest of intentions. Yes. <laughs> um, well, speaking, speaking of America, there's something in America called the Free State Project which is a libertarian idea, and it fits in well with libertarians who don't believe in uh, violence or you know, initiating aggression. Um, the Free State Project is about American- Being pussies. <laughs> oh, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, go ahead. Uh, the Free State Project is about American citizens who are interested in liberty moving to one particular small state so they can have an impact on the state government. So, New Hampshire was chosen- because it is a small state and because they are already one of the most libertarian states to begin with. For example, you don't have to wear a seatbelt when you are driving in New Hampshire or a helmet when you are riding your bike. They were one of the first states to legalize gay marriage and they have very few restrictions on guns. It is one of five states that has no sales tax, like how we have the GSD here in Australia, and one of seven states that has no state income tax. They still have to pay federal tax though. Uh, also, the state motto, motto is live free or die. So, that's quite fitting oh, for the- That's a great state. That sounds fucking sweet. I'm moving to New Hampshire. Yeah. Uh, well, to become a p- participant, a person is asked to agree to the following statement. I hereby state my solemn intent to move to the state of New Hampshire within five years after 20,000 participants have signed up. Once there, I will exert the fullest practical effort towards the creation of a society in which the maximum role of civil government is the protection of individuals' life, liberty, and property. So the idea is to make uh, New Hampshire more and more free and prosperous, and hopefully that will convince the rest of the nation to go down the same route. Um, oh, man. They hit I'm, getting, goal I'm getting of- chills. This is fucking... <laughs> I didn't know this existed. This is this is yeah. perfect. <laughs> they they hit their goal of twenty thousand signers on February of twenty sixteen, and while they are still recruiting now, the main focus of the group has shifted towards helping those who have pledged to move with the logistics of actually moving. On their website, they mm. claim that over twenty four thousand people have pledged to move, and so far forty four hundred of them have actually moved. Oh, that's impressive. Over the last 18 years, they have had 45 of the early movers elected to the state state house representative, uh, state house of representatives, including 15 oh, yeah. who are still in there at the moment. The website boasts of their legislative achievements. So, you guys ready for this? They yep. repealed 
They repealed all knife regulations. There is no oh, law in good. New Hampshire that mentions the word oh. knife. <laughs> Beautiful. They passed constitutional carry, which means that if you are legally allowed to own a gun, then you can carry it in public without an additional license. Oh, uh, they. Oh. <laughs> I'm getting fucking hard now. They expanded the. <laughs> They expanded the castle doctrine to include any place you have a legal right to be. Oh, yes! So, yeah. the castle doctrine basically says if someone enters your house, you can use any and all force necessary to defend yourself. Mm. And they've expanded that to anywhere um, that you have a legal right to be. So, not, oh. not necessarily so your like own. your your car, your workplace. Anywhere on the street. Oh, You're allowed to be on the anywhere street. Anywhere in there. public, yeah. Um, oh, my God. Yes. They, oh. <laughs> they reduced the state budget by 11% as well. Um, nice. So, these are small steps, but certainly headed in the right direction. Uh, so, guys, oh. if you lived in America, would you have broken your finger pressing the sign-up button? Yes. Yes. I'm going to break it now. I wonder if they can help me with the logistics of getting out of Australia. <laughs> I, did, I did look up if there was something on their website for international people, but <laughs> I couldn't say that. So. I wonder if I could oh. convince my wife to move over there. Yeah. It's- I would go full-blown Mexican, like swim the Pacific. <laughs> <laughs> build, a, build a raft. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am seriously considering it. That sounds fucking amazing. Yeah, it's yeah, just that not actually does. Retarded policy. It's pretty cool. And they, um, they, a lot of a lot of them have moved into one particular pe- town called Keene. And uh, oh, there's a I'm keen. I'm as fucking keen. <laughs> <get it. laughs> yeah, I saw I saw something I thought was very funny. It was that there are some people in Keene who will, <laughs> as part of the Free State Project, um, they will. Uh, follow around the parking inspector and run ahead of them and put coins in the machine. And then yes! they, they also just berate the person and tell them, like, you get a real job. You're not contributing. You're not contributing anything to society. This is bullshit. You should have been doing this. Yes. These, these are my amazing. people. That's, yeah. This is where I need to be. That's my spiritual homeland. Yeah. yeah. They have, they have faced a little bit of, uh, opposition though. In 2012, a Democrat state representative, Cynthia Chase, said, free staters are the single biggest threat to the, s- the state is facing today. There is legally nothing we can do p- to prevent them from moving here to take over the state, which is their openly stated goal. In this country, you can move anywhere you choose, and they have that same right. What we can do is make the environment here so unwelcoming that they will choose not to come and some may actually leave. One way is to pass measures that will restrict the freedoms that they think they will find here. Oh my, literally that- talking about restricting freedom. <laughs> so, you know, like- you know that old joke that it's like, you know, the Nazis had the skull and crossbones on their uniforms. Like, did they ever look at each other and go, we're the bad guys, aren't we? <laughs> when... <laughs> When you make a statement like that, like, we're sick of these people moving here and trying to be free. Like, we need to restrict their freedoms. When you make oh a statement like that, are you like, oh, wait, <laughs> I'm one of the backups. Yeah, I might be on the wrong side of history here. For, I know. don't have the words to describe how retarded that train of thought is. <laughs> uh, only a Democrat, honestly. Like, I just- we don't want people moving to our awesome state, so we're going to make it really fucking shitty so people don't move here anymore. <laughs> like- <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> people pretty- are moving here because it's good. We don't want them here, so we'll make it bad. Yeah, like <laughs> They're the people making it good as well. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Um, pretty, pretty interesting stuff, and I think America 
you know, considering the way America was founded, it definitely has a stronger um, vein of uh, liberty and libertarian thought in America than we do here in Australia. So I think, you know, yep. something like that's not really going to help too much here. If, if they started something like this with uh, Northern Territory and we could move to the Northern Territory, I'd say, no, it's way too hot up there. But I'd at yeah, least be, you know, I might donate to the cause or something like that. Maybe Tasmania. I've been to Tasmania. It's quite Tasmania. nice. It's pretty cold. It's a, yeah, easily easy to defend. It's an island. Yeah, good point. Yeah. I'm just looking uh, now. It's about, it's about $1,600 to fly uh, <laughs> from Melbourne to New Hampshire. Uh, oh, you fly into Boston, but I, I assume you get like Is that return bus. or one way? No, it's one you only need I'm one only way. going one way, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Don't, don't be looking for no return tickets. <laughs> Just, just show up, just show up to the town of Keene and just say like I'm a sovereign citizen, and they won't kick you out. <laughs> no, don't be one of those douchey sovereign citizens. Have I peaked at that? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> <to death. laughs> I'm not driving. Am I'm I traveling, traveling or? Dri- <laughs> Call Fuck, that's a whole. Pirates. That is a whole other episode. We, we're oh, doing we an episode on sovereign citizens. Uh, yeah. Check it in. We should do that definitely. Sure. Um, so before we uh, finish up, we got a couple of things to do. One of them is to describe the micronation that we uh, individually would create. So I've written a little thing about what I would create. No. Have you guys written anything about the uh, micronation you create? I haven't. Free state project. I haven't written anything down. But Lachlan, you want to freestyle something for us? Riff it off. Okay. Uh, so I would create my own country. It would be called Glenstantinople. Ah, <laughs> uh, nice. Days vault. I would be. Uh, it would be a kingdom. I would be the king. I would rule with an iron fist because I know better than anyone else what everyone should be doing. And I would instate uh, prima nocta, which, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, is where the king gets to have sex with your bride on the first night when you get married. <laughs> well, I hope for your sake that. Uh, What's his name? Mel Gibson doesn't live in uh, <laughs> Glen Stantonople because uh. you will get yourself brave-hearted. Yep. I'm not saying I would be a good king. <laughs> okay, Brad, do you want to do you want to give us something? Well, I mean that that Free State Project sounds amazing. Uh, if we're being serious and not Glen Stantonople, yeah, that does legitimately sound amazing. Yeah, it sounds fantastic because I've never been one for complete anarchy as far as no government, just extreme minimal government. That's called minicism. Minici- oh, minicism then. I would be all about minicism. So basically, just run the, just the, sorry, um, defend the borders. Night Watchman State. Yeah, basically. Yeah, the Night Watchman State. Um, courts, police, and military. Yeah, essentially. Has has this for irony, guys? I learned about the Night Watchman State and read Anarchy State and Utopia by Robert Nozick in university. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's the opposite of what yeah, universities yeah, for. They, they got me. They got me the wrong way. I'd never heard of libertarianism before yeah. that uh, university course, and I uh, read Anarchy State and Utopia. Never looked back. Yeah. Uh, okay. So my micronation is the undemocratic Christian Republic of Liberia. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, we, we we will be a de, uh, de jour Christian theocracy, but actually there would be no rules. Except that I am the dictator and I will physically remove anyone who promotes democracy or communism. <laughs> just excellent. Just sir. as Hans Hermann Hopper suggests, there will be a meeting once a year for the annual airing of grievances. And <laughs> whenever a dispute arises, I, as dictator, will call a vote. 
this is my way to identify Democrats. Anyone who votes will be kicked out of the UCRL. <laughs> the only acceptable thing to say is I don't want to get involved, not to vote. Um, our national flag is a yellow background with a black cross, and our national anthem is New Order, Leave Me Alone. And our state motto is What Would Jesus Do? <laughs> I currently live I like in an it. apartment building now. I don't know if I can... Because there's someone above me. I don't know if I can claim the territory. Yeah. Oh. I have to claim a 3D space at the moment. He'd, so. be, he'd be in your airspace. Yeah. Uh, I think you need to just <laughs> annex the entire compl- the complex. Yeah, I'll see if I can get him on board. Take it by force if required. Uh, okay, Brad, do you want to finish us up with your power rankings? Oh, boy, do I. Power rankings. Yes, it's good stuff. Yep. <laughs> so this week's uh, power rankings. Now I'm going to upset some people. And <laughs> Excellent. I'm just going to throw it out there right now. So um, yeah, don't at Lachlan. <laughs> uh, so top five shittest macro nations. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I like it. So basically, just countries. But uh, so number five is the five fifth worst country in the world. Yes, and is number one five? is the worst country in the world. It is five. Yeah, I said top five. Okay, yep. so you're doing five. One is the worst. Is the worst of the worst macro nation in the world. Yep, worst of the worst. Are you starting at one? Starting at five. Starting at five. Which yeah, is always got to finish with the money shop. Alright, let's have it. Okay. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> number five. China. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They ranked ranked lower than I thought they would. Imagine being a commie. Now, imagine being a poor commie. Is there any other type? Am I right, boys? <laughs> okay, seriously, though. Imagine slaving your entire life knowing that you'll never advance anywhere because the state will just take everything off you because they can. Now imagine that you can't even go on online and complain about it because you'll be hauled <laughs> off by the Chinese Gestapo. <laughs> imagine the majority of the country living in abject poverty while having more billionaires than anywhere else on earth. Ni hao, comrades. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number, Number four. four. Good start. Sweden. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. You, know, <laughs> you know what you did, Sweden? <laughs> <laughs> you took a Scandinavian wonderland and shit all over it. I'll give you points for trying to do the right thing, but when your sexual assault rate climbs 1,400% in a 40-year period, you know you fucked up. Mm. Wow. Assalamu alaikum, Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number three, Mexico. <laughs> if you've ever lived next to junkies, you'll know how America feels. <laughs> they're always screaming about some shit, and if they're not fighting and killing themselves, they're trying to break into your house and steal your shit. <laughs> this is Mexico in a nutshell. That's accurate. <laughs> the annual homicide rate is higher than Willie Nelson at a weed convention. <laughs> you gave the world piñatas, and for that we'll always be grateful. But you really need to fuck off. All our Mexico. <laughs> good food, though. Yeah, good food. Number two, Brazil. Here is a typical day in Brazil. <laughs> Wake up, eat some breakfast, brush your teeth, go outside, get murdered by a nine-year-old trying to get into a game. <laughs> 
When your main claim to fame is a beach you can't swim at, a parade, and a city's <laughs> worth of deaths annually, you know you're in a shithole. Granted, in Brazil, at least they're more likely to run one-tap you rather than skin you. Oh, <laughs> God. Boa noche, Brazil. <laughs> and number one. <laughs> Roll on it. Venezuela. <laughs> the, the only thing that could co- top the last two entrants on our power rankings list is that for being stuck in a socialist nightmare. Welcome to the formerly rich country of Venezuela, where inflation is so high you can't afford to eat. Don't worry, <laughs> though, because if you're lucky enough, you'll be one of the ten th- uh, tens of thousands annually murdered. <laughs> Where is the Venezuelan Pinochet when you need him? <laughs> Buenos noches, Venezuela. <laughs> That's my power rankings list. <laughs> yeah. It is crazy that um, the the beach in Rio is like the most famous beach in the world. But if you go, if you don't get head on You'll die. You'll like shit your guts out. For yeah, like it's, it's disgusting. It's crazy. outrageous. So you go to the most famous beach, mm. one of the most famous beaches in the world, you know, Ipanema, Ipanema or whatever, and you just sit there and look at the disgusting Yeah, everyone's water just on the sand. Don't go it. in You're it. not allowed to swim. They're like, do not go in the water. It's disgustingly yeah. polluted. Yeah. yeah. I thought, <laughs> I like that one. I can't believe Every day in Brazil you didn't mention a single country from Africa. Um, look, yeah, good point. There was a lot of people who were vying for the list. Um, but <laughs> it's I, a crowd I, I could only pick five. <laughs> or the Middle East. Actually, how many countries are there in the world? There's like 280 or something. Okay, so uh, probably probably should have been like the top 250 worst <laughs> countries in the world. <laughs> Let's go through the top five. Australia, America, Canada's all right. Switzerland. Um, South Korea. Switzerland. Yeah, Switzerland probably number one or two. Japan's pretty um, great. Yeah, yeah, Japan, South Korea. Japan. End of list. Oh. That's five. That's good <laughs> I was worried that you were going to mention a country that we have, like, listeners from, but, uh, or one, you didn't, which is good, and two, those countries either don't have the technology or the freedom to listen to a podcast. (laughs) Take that, sweet. Yeah, all our Chinese listeners are going to be furious. All our Chinese listeners have long since been dragged off by the Gestapo, so... (laughs) I yeah. think we, I think oh, yeah. we do Imagine actually if- have a few listeners in Mexico, to be fair. Oh, well. If you haven't been murdered- well, it's probably Americans like on holiday. <laughs> like, I, I was looking up the, uh, the most recent stats I could find, like 2016 or something. They had like, uh, was it like 28,000 murders? Yeah, yeah sounds about right. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I, think, then, um, I think Honduras is the highest Well, in the world, Brazil right? is the or highest I could find, and that was like 68,000 or something. Oh, like per capita. I don't know about per capita. Per I was just looking at numbers, like pure number. Yeah, number. okay. I think per capita is Honduras or El Salvador or something. You know, all those, uh, all those mm. great countries. <laughs> Fantastic countries. But yeah, uh, uh, it's just, I can't believe when you, like literally an entire city worth of people die in your country each year. God bless yeah. Australia. We truly are the lucky country. <laughs> We're uh, quite thrilled to be living yeah. here. Uh, oh, Australia absolutely. or the Principality of Hutt River, both amazing mm. countries that we As um, much as we complain, so. this is truly the best country in the world. Yeah. I don't think you can get much better than mm. what we got here. Yeah. Chuck yeah. in Sweden and uh, Switzerland's gun laws. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, very, very, very good country. And uh, as far as macro nations go... Definitely, definitely one of the best. Uh, Lachlan, play the Australian anthem. Play us out. We love you, Australia. 
<laughs> Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. Please share this episode and all our episodes with your friends. Uh, <laughs> We're gone. Rate and review us on iTunes. Give us five stars. Uh, that helps helps get us out there. Helps more people listen to us and hear our stupid bullshit. <laughs> Uh, head on over to bradsbadperson.com you'll find a list of everywhere you can listen and subscribe uh, links to our social media you can follow us we're on Instagram and Facebook at Brad is a bad person we're on Twitter at B-I-A-B-P podcast although if you just search Brad is a bad person you'll find us uh, you can follow me at Lachlan Glenn on Twitter I do not have any other social media anyone else claiming to be me is a fucking liar um, penis. <laughs> there is a penis named Lachlan Glenn. It's a year older than me. He lives in New York. Uh, I'm sure he's very talented, but he can go fuck himself because it makes it harder to find me on Google. Um, uh, I forget where I was. It's very distracting listening to Morgan sing our national anthem. Mm. So just uh, share our episodes, please, and uh, we'll catch you in the next episode. Uh, thank you. Later, guys. Bond less planes to share.